why I'm going to be preaching from a very familiar passage of Scripture. Probably one of my favorite stories in the Old Testament. Talking about Moses. The life of Moses and the things he went through. But I want to look at it from a different area, different aspect than I have preached before. And this morning, I hope this, mor this morning's message encourages you and strengthens you. Build your faith. Exodus chapter 4, beginning verse 1, the Bible says, And Moses answered and said, But behold, they will not believe me, nor hearken unto my voice, for they will say, The Lord hath not appeared unto thee. And the Lord said unto him, What is it, or what is that in thy hand? And he said, A rod. And he said, Cast it on the ground. And he cast it on the ground, and it became a serpent. And Moses fled from before it. And the Lord said unto Moses, Put forth thine hand, and take it by the tail. And he put forth his hand, and caught it. And it became a rod in his hand. That they may believe that the Lord God of their fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob, have appeared unto thee. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, I thank you, God, for the worship. I thank you, God, for uh, allowing us to, to feel your presence during worship. God, I believe your presence is in our midst this morning. God, I pray, God, you touch me this morning, that I may preach your word with boldness and clarity and with authority. God, I pray this message will go out and touch the hearts and lives of everyone that is here. God, I pray, God, that it will bless and encourage and build our faith this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Moses was one of the more, I guess you would say, more vivid, more well-known uh, people of the Old Testament. When you think of Old Testament, you can't help but think first of Moses. Moses played a very great big part through the Old Testament. And what I love about the story of Moses and Moses is probably the fact that Moses when you read and study about his life, he was not one of what you would call a great man. He was not one that had a long list of achievements and accomplishments before he was called by God. When you think of great prophets and great men of the Old Testament, you think of the prophet Elijah. You think of, the, of the, all the major and minor prophets of the Old Testament. But Moses, when you, when you think of all the greatness and all the great leadership and, and all the ones that had great accomplishments, Moses would be the one you would least expect to have them. Moses here in uh, Exodus chapter 4, he is 80 years old. He is a runaway fugitive, and all he has in his hand, the only thing he owns is a rod that he holds in his hand, a shepherd's staff. He is here, he is watching over his father-in-law's sheep. And he is uh, watching over his father-in-law's sheep and he is sitting there probably remembering the fact that he was never really a, a anybody. He was probably the one that uh, didn't have very much confidence. He was the one that God called and said, I want you to go deliver the children of Israel out of the bondage of Egypt. And then Moses looked at God and said, I'm not one of enticed words. I cannot speak very well. Please get somebody else. I'm not worthy enough to do what you have called me to do. And I'm sure that you and I have probably been there more than one time in our, in our lives. I will be honest with you this morning. Each and every time I get behind this sacred desk, I feel unworthy. I feel like I'm not good enough 
as a pastor and as a servant of God, I feel like I'm not good enough behind this pulpit. But I'm thankful this morning that God has made me worthy. I'm glad that God did call me despite of my faults and my failures. Moses could have easily took and, and because he was uh, uh, gave away from his mother as a, as a baby, he was put into a woven basket and shipped down the river. He could easily say, I'm just a nobody. I, I don't belong to anybody. I now am raised by Egyptians, and I was born a Hebrew. Now I have to relearn all of my life. Who am I? What could I possibly ever do enough for God? How can God ever use a person like me? But I want you to take very close attention. Moses here is 80 years old, and all he has and all he owns is a staff in his hand. What I want to show you is three things this morning from this passage of Scripture. That the things that we hold on to, just like Moses, the things that he held on to, if we're not very, if we're not careful, the very things that you and I hold on to will eventually hold on to us. You can hide it, you can put it in your you put your hands in your pockets, you can put them behind your back, but if you hold on to something long enough. It will eventually hold on to you. First of all, Moses held on to his personality. He held on to his personality. He held on to all his emotions. We all heard the old story of you wear your emotions or your feelings on your sleeve. Well, Moses pretty well did the same thing. As long as Moses held on to that rod, as long as Moses held on to that staff, he was always going to resemble and represent a shepherd. I want to tell you the things you hold on in your hand. If you hold on to them long enough, people will begin to see what you are holding on to. As long as Moses had the, the rod in his hand, he was always as a shepherd. If you tend to hold on to things that you need to let go and should let go of years ago, if you hold on to bitterness, you will eventually become a bitter person because the bitterness has also held on to you. And what is a scary thing about the, the matter is, is the fact that we sit in church for 20, 30, 40 years, and we think the situations that we have held on to, and the situations that we have grasped hold of all these years, and we think it's not a big deal. It's not that important. It's, it's something I've got control of. But really, it has done control to us. How do you say that? Because we have adapted to having that situation and that issue and that emotion inside of us for so many years that we have grown numb to it. We have grown adapted to it because it's done grasp on to us and has already held on to us for so long. And then we wonder why people don't want to come around us. Right. And then we often wonder why people uh, see the things that we cannot see because it's done grabbed a hold of us. Just like Moses, he grabbed a hold of the rod. And see, the problem is, is when we hold on to something that we need to let go of for so long, not only does it hold on to us, but eventually, over time, we will begin to lean on it. Shepherds oftentimes use uh, their staffs or their rods to lean on them. While they're in the field watching over the sheep, if they begin to become tired or weary or want to take a little break, they begin to put one hand around the rod and they begin to lean on the rod. 
we oftentimes we want to lean on the very things we hold on to because that's all we know, because that's all we have. Moses here, he, let up, he leaned towards his emotions. He leaned upon his failures. He leaned on the fact that he was unworthy to be used by God. How can you say that? How do you know that? But simply from the response he gave God when, he got, when God called him to deliver the children of Israel out of the bondage of Pharaoh. He began to say, I'm not worthy. I'm not, I'm not what the guy you need for the job. Please, by all means, get whoever you can. We've all been there before. You may say, well, I've not been called into ministry. I've not been called to do great things like that. But God, I promise you, each and every one, God has placed something has placed something on your heart for you to do. Go here and do this. Go tell this one to do this. Go tell this one to do that. And you felt the, the tug and you felt the, the push and you felt the, the utterance to go and do the things that God has called and told you to do. But the reason you did not do it is simply because we've all felt like Moses a time or two in our lives. God, did you not see what I've done last week? Did you not see what I've done the other day? God, I can't get that what I've done out of my mind. I can't, I can't get it out of the back of my mind what I did. I know it was wrong. And we oftentimes let our failures and our faults keep us from serving God. And see, just like Moses, he kept his faults and failures. He kept his insecurities. He kept all his emotions from allowing him to serve God. But I'm thankful this morning that God, despite of our faults and our failures, in spite of all the things that we have done wrong, in spite of all the things we have let God down, and the things that we have turned our backs on God, I'm still thankful this morning that God has still called and still delivers and He's still set free and He has not turned His back on us. He wore His emotions on His sleeve. His insecurities kept Him. And eventually He thought, I've got a hold on this. I've got a grip on this. This is not a big deal. But they had a hold on him. And secondly, not only did he keep his personality in his hands and talking about his emotions, his insecurities, but secondly, he had his problems in his hands. See, when God asked the question, Moses, what is in thy hand? And actually, I, bought, I actually bought a, uh, like a staff or, or uh, like a walking stick, so I was going to use it to demonstrate this morning in this message, but I promise... I did buy one, but I forgot it, so please forgive me. But when, but when God asked Moses a question, Moses, what is in thy hand? It probably pierced and stabbed Moses right in the center of his heart. Because when he looks at the, the rod, he looks at the fact that he's just a shepherd. He's nothing more than a shepherd. He looks at the fact that he once was born or he once was lived in a palace he he had everything he had the world in his hands he had nothing to worry about they were even going to train and instruct Moses to be one of the greatest pharaohs of the old testament time but now he looks at himself and says what am I now who am I now I'm a nobody he held all his problems in his hands God knew what he was asking when he asked Moses what is in their hand. He wasn't asking Moses for information as if God did not know what was in his hands. He was asking Moses for instruction. 
He was asking him, Moses, what is in thy hand? It's basically what God was trying to do. He was trying to open up Moses' eyes and say, what you are holding in your hand, you do not have a grip on it. It has a grip on you. You see, a lot of times God does that to us in our own lives. He shows us that what we have in our life and what we are holding on to is keeping us from serving him. And see, a lot of times we don't want to get rid of those things. Because again, we've done, we've done grown comfortable and we've done grown so accustomed to having them that they now become a part of our lives that we feel like we cannot live without having those in our hands. It reminded him that he was once a servant. He was once a leader. Now he's nothing more than a poor, washed up, uh, broke man on the backside of a desert. But I'm going to tell you this. Our problems in our life can determine who or how we serve God. Our problems can determine how we serve God. If you allow all the negative, if you allow all the, all the bickering and all the negative to uh, keep coming back into your life, it will, I promise you, it will hinder your walk and your worship to God. Why do we ever want to hold on to these things? Why is it that we want to live our lives and wonder uh, uh, how am I going to get from here to there? And I'm not talking about physically, I'm talking about spiritually. We, we, we go and we cry. We, we, we go to church and we pray. God, let me feel your presence. Why have you left me? And all the whole time God is saying, I have never left you. I have been right there beside you. It's just that you can't hold my hand while yet you're holding other things in your hand. And see, we may think, well, it's not my negative things. It's not my, my uh, uh, negative things like that. But what about our positive things? Let's go there. What about our positive things? Where it seems like all of the things we accomplished, all the great deeds that we have done, and all the great uh, uh, abilities that we have. But if we're not careful, even there can be a hang-up from us serving God. You think, well, how can that? That seems like positive. That seems like good. Good to have. Well, yes, it is. But when we come and we rely on all of our abilities, it becomes a liability. What does that mean? It means that simply we will trust and put more faith into our abilities than we do our, um, until uh, serving God. But God is saying here, he's, he's trying his hardest to get Moses to see the bigger, greater picture. He's trying to get Moses to trust him and to let go of the things that he is holding on to. It don't have to be a young age to hold on to something. You don't have to be uh, just start, started out serving God. You can be whatever age it may be that you are. You can still have things holding on into your life, into your heart that keeps you from serving God and, for, uh, and to keep him from truly using you to the best of your ability. Some people can't even worship God because they find that they have bitterness in their heart. They, they, they hold on to things. And, and what bothers me is the fact that people, they, they don't serve God like they should simply because they are looking for faults in other people. It's like they go to church and they're like, well, I don't like this, but I have a problem with this. Well, I don't like the way this is conducted. I have a problem with that. Well, I don't like this person because i got a problem with them. But I will promise you this. The one person that's always finding problems in everything they see are oftentimes the ones that got more problems than they have. That's right. 
man or old man. It's like the ones that are more negative than they are positive. It seems like the ones that have more problems than others are normally the ones that are holding on more so than others. They are the ones that are like Moses. Moses was holding on to his rod, and that was his comfort zone. And people began to hold on to things all these years because it's done now become their comfort zone. And then Moses could have been said, well, it's the way I was raised. I was... I was uh, Dropped off. I was uh, uh, pushed away from my mother. My mother didn't love me. She didn't want to keep me. I was a burden. But he could have easily took that and ran with it and, and used that all his life. But Moses didn't really know who Moses was. Moses was insecure. Moses was the one, again, that you thought would be the one that would not be used by God. But I'm so thankful God could look past my insecurities God can look past all my, again, my faults and failures. And just so he can, you as well. And here's another thing. When we have, again, everybody has problems. Everybody has some kind of problem. But when you hold on to those, just like Moses held on to his rod, when you hold on to your problems, just like Moses held on to his problems, if you don't let them go, not only will you hinder yourself, but also you will hinder everybody you come in contact with. How do you say that? Because it's evident. If you, you can see a person when they are troubled, when they are really carrying that load, when they are really carrying that burden, and they're really depressed, they're really negative, and because they have a, such a bad outlook on life, and it seems like they uh, lighten up a room when they leave and they do when they come in. Because they, they hold on to so much but what God is saying, what the whole message is about this morning, is what you hold in your hand will always be that in your hand. If you're depressed, you hold on to depression, you're always going to be depressed as long as you hold it in your hands. If you've got problems, as long as you hold them in your hands, they were always going to be problems in your hands. But what God is saying, until you give them to me and let me intervene into your situation, that's the way they're always going to be. It doesn't matter if it's physically, mentally, emotionally, financially, uh, in a family. It, it doesn't matter. Problem is always a problem anywhere, anytime. Until we quit trying to be God and try to quit fix everything ourselves and think we got the best plan, we got the best idea, we got the best strategy to do this, then it's always going to be. But I will promise you this, you don't have enough strength, you don't have enough knowledge, and you don't have enough power to overcome those without the hand of God. Right. I know that sounds a little boastful, but that's true. We are nothing. Our, the Bible even says that our righteousness are as filthy rags. Until God intervenes into our every situation, until God becomes number one, you will always face that same problem every day you wake up. Not only did Moses have, hold on to his personality, his emotions, his feelings, not only did he hold on to all his problems, but thirdly, he held his potential. In his hands. Moses had potential. He didn't see it. It's like we all got potential. We may not see it. But God sees it. Because he put it in you. It's like God put what Moses had in him. He was just trying to get Moses to realize. What he was. And what he was called to do. Throughout all the years of my ministry. 
My wife has had to help build me up at times because I've always had a mindset. I've always wanted to keep a humble spirit before me. I never, ever want to feel like I'm prideful. I never want to feel like I'm being boastful. And so I always try to have a servant mindset. God, here I am. What would you have me to do? It's always been my mindset ever since I started serving God. And then sometimes I take a little too far. Because then I start uh, telling myself, well, I'm nothing. I'm a nobody. I'm just a servant. I'm a low man on the totem pole. And I try to keep that mindset because I always wanted to prefer my brother or my sister before me. If they have need, let them go first. I want to be the last one back here. And then in my own heart, it got to where I really started thinking like I was a nobody. Like I was defeated. I didn't amount to nothing. This through my ministry. And my wife, and I thank God for my wife. I got a precious wife who has been there and supportive of, my, of me preaching and in my walk with Christ, she's always been my rock. She's always been the one that says, Honey, you are somebody. God has called you. God does love you. God is going to use you. And you are, again, you are called. Just like Moses. I guess that's why I can relate a lot to Moses. So like Moses, he did not see the potential that was inside of him. He did not know that he was such a great leader and God was trying to show him through all these things. And see, now he has his potential in his hands. We go from his emotions, his problems, and now he's finally starting to realize you've got potential. Moses objected to God. God called him to go to Pharaoh. He said, no, I'm not going. Well, what does God do? God causes a series of three miracles to happen before Moses to prove to him, I am who I am. I, he even told Moses, go before Pharaoh and said, who has sent you say, I am that I am? He had three miracles that was performed right before Moses' eyes. Number one, he threw the rod down and God turned it into a serpent. Moses picked it back up, it turns back to a rod. Moses' hand turns leprous. And God turns it back to its uh, normal state. And then thirdly, he turns water into blood. And says, see, I am who I am. I will go with you. I will go before you. I will give you the thing that you need when you go before Pharaoh. And something I want to show you that as I was studying this, something popped out to me. The fact that Moses had his rod. Again, like we've said all the way up to this point, that his rod was his insecurity, his rod was his comfort zone, his rod uh, symbolizes all his setbacks and his failures. And now he is before the presence of God. I finally got to where I wanted to get. Moses was in the presence of God, holding on to the crutch, holding on to the thing that has set him back for 40 years. Because God's been calling him 40 years ago. Now he's 80. So he has his rod in his hand. God looks at him and says, Moses, what is in thy hand? He said, a rod. He said, cast it on the ground. And he cast it on the ground. And he turned it into a serpent. But when he turned it into a serpent, Moses backs up. He's all scared. Why? 
Because if you study it, it was more likely he, got, he turned it into a cobra. And the reason he turned it into a cobra, I believe, is because if you study it, the Egyptians worshipped cobras as gods. And even Pharaoh wore a golden cobra around his neck. He was symbolizing that they've got their golden cobras, but I can create a golden a, uh, cobra that will overtake their cobra. And the thing about it is, he was scared of the cobra. And if you study the, what the Bible says, it says that God told him, watch this, God told him to pick it up where? Not by the head, but by the tail. If you, if you talk to anybody that handles snakes or has a reptile zoo or anybody that specializes in snakes will tell you, you do not pick up any snake by the tail because they can easily just turn right around and bite you. And so he picks it up by the tail. But listen, he had to have enough faith to pick it up by the tail. He had enough faith to listen to God to pick it up. Again, Moses' ride was symbolizing his failures and his faults, his problems. When we want to get rid of our problem, we have to do what? We have to cast them down before the presence of God and give it to him. So now the rod is out of his hand. The rod is no longer a part of Moses. It's now cast before his feet. And even though we're scared at times to uh, face our problems, we've all been there before, we're scared of the outcome of what's going to happen, just like Moses was. He was scared to pick it back up because he was scared of what would happen. But until God says, pick it back up, and pick it up by the tail, the worst place, he had to put his trust in him. Your problem will always be a problem until you cast it before the presence of God Almighty. And then until he actually puts his hand onto the situation, onto the problem, again, it'll always be a problem. Now, Moses has been carrying for 40 years a dead, dry stick. But now God turned the dead, dry stick into now a living thing. God has taken the very thing that held Moses back It was going to use it to glorify himself from it. I'm reminded, if you go uh, from Exodus chapter 4, if you go to Exodus chapter 10, in verses 14, beginning in verse 13, you will see that the children of Israel and Moses finally got to the Red Sea. And the children of Israel were coming up to Moses. They were scared. They were frightened. They were feared. And it's like, Moses, what do we do? Beginning in verse 13, he says, Fear ye not, for you will see the salvation of the Lord. For he will show you this day. For the Egyptians that you see today, you will forever see no more again. For the Lord will fight our battles. I love this next part. Again, keep in mind, the rod that Moses carried was the, one, was the thing that he held in his hands. His problems, his insecurities, and all the, the letbacks and the setbacks. And all, he carried that for 40 years, and, and he thought he was never going to be anything. But watch what God doing. God took the very thing that was Moses' setback. God took the very thing that held him back. God took the very thing that kept him from serving him and used it to deliver him and the children of Israel from, the, from Pharaoh across the Red Sea on dry ground. Because God said, Moses, lift up thy what? Lift up thy rod. And divide the sea. And they walk on dry ground. What are you saying about that? What is your point? 
The point of the matter is, whatever your problem is, whatever situation you have, whatever you're facing in your life, I don't know what that thing is. It's, it's none of my business. But I'm telling you, God knows. And if you will do like Moses did, well, if you do what Moses did and listen to God, when God says lay it down, you lay it down. And when God says uh, pick it back up, you pick it back up. But we have to trust God and believe that God can take everything that has set us back and has held us back for all these years, that, can, that God, can he not take those things and turn them around and use it for our good? Has he not been doing that to Joseph like we've been studying? He took everything that was against him and turned it around for his good. What the, what the enemy meant for evil, God could turn around and mean for good. But my thing is, do you believe it? They say that's the biggest part right there. We read it. We hear it preached. We hear it teached. And the thing about it is we know God can do it. But the thing is, can we believe that God can do it? See, so many times we look for our problems and think, well, God, you can't handle this. It's too big for you. It's too much for God to handle because we're looking too much into the natural things. And see, Moses could look at God and say, God, you can't do this. You can't deliver this. You can't turn this into a servant. You can't turn it back. But when we trust God, that's the whole key of this morning's message, to trust God, to believe that he can do the very thing that he said he can do. And as I close, I want to open up the altar since my wife comes and prepares to minister in the altars. You know what I feel in my heart? Something that I have felt several, several times that I've been preaching and pastoring here that a lot of people tend to hold back knowing they need to come to the altar. Not necessarily mean they've got a problem. I feel like a lot of times people don't come to the altar simply because they hold on to stuff that they need to let go of. And again, that has kept so many people from coming to the altar. Why does anybody want to hold on to those things that hold us back? Why do we want to wake up every day with that burden and that heaviness on our minds and on our hearts and our spirits where we come so tired all day long and we go all day tired? Give it to God. Give it all to God. Has he not ever shown himself faithful to us all these years? When it felt like everything was crumbling, everything was falling apart, was he not there to be with us? Was he not there to lift us up? Was he not there to protect us? Give it to God. And watch how great he can turn that thing that you were holding on for all these years. And turn around and bless you with it. Let's worship the Lord as my wife sings this song.